Welcome to the CFB Dynasty Podcast with hosts Matt Knowles and Brian McElfish. Hey everybody, how you doing out there? This is the CFBDynasty.com podcast. My name is Matt Knowles. As always, alongside of these two yokels over here, we got down here, Brian McElfish, and over here, one of these sides, we got Doug Gravely. BMAC, Doug, are you excited for this show today? What up, what up? I am super excited. You know what excites me, Matt? What does excite you, BMAC? So, (laughs) I get... uh, uh, a Twitch or something every once in a while. Now, as we get closer to the season, it might be waking up on a Saturday and hearing like a Home Depot commercial that makes me think of college game day or whatever. But 44 days till week zero and subsequently our draft. I cannot wait. Oh, um, so be, we've got all this prep that we've been working on, all these rankings and now, now we're looking to expand and everything and and get into our, our full Devi rankings. But holy cow, it's feeling close, but then it's also so far away. And then we're going to get within 43 days from now, and we're going to be like, I'm totally not prepared for the draft. I mean, you just know how it goes. We've been talking about this for months. We're going to get to a day before and be like, I need more time. Yeah, um, it's because somebody will, like Alabama will feature a single highlight, and you'll be like, oh, man, maybe I should move this wide receiver up my board. <laughs> those those so, highlights have a way of affecting uh, the draft board a little bit too much. So one of the things we're going to do today, as you see at the bottom, we're going to go, go over the ultimate guide to college fantasy football setup. We like to try and do this every year because uh, we know that those of you that are paying attention to the show as the, uh, as the year goes along are probably people like us that are diehards. Uh, but every year, interest is growing from year to year. And uh, there are those of you out there that are either looking to get into a league or looking to set up a league. And we like to make sure that each year we have a show that talks about the different types of leagues, the different pros and cons, um, and also the things that you're going to get yourself into um, if you decide to jump into the college fantasy football world. In um, reality, so the recruiting show, right? Like, we want more and more people to join in on the fun. A lot of people just don't know that it that it exists, and that's sad. So uh, I I really look forward to the commissioner portion matt where you can go through the whole setup you know you wrote a really successful piece for cfb probably four or five years ago now on the ultimate guide to setting up your league all the things that you need to consider um and you brought up this analogy in that piece matt where it was uh nfl's fantasy football is chess compared to college fantasy's checkers or sorry the opposite. Opposite. The chess opposite. is harder. Um, <laughs> and I don't remember how to play chess. I, I haven't remembered in quite a while. But uh, anyways, <laughs> so, uh, there are people talking about it. I'll, sh- I'll throw it up on the screen for, for uh, those of you on YouTube. But yeah, here's our boy, John Lobb. And I know Jared uh, Palmgren has done a lot of the same stuff at like a, a Georgia game. But here he is at a, a massive audience here in front of UConn and um, <clears throat> getting ready, getting people to play college fantasy football. And I saw Eric Froton just talking about it yesterday. Um, he said he spoke with 40-plus ex-CFB players at the NFLPA and Shrine Bowls this year and asked if they had heard of college fantasy football, and zero of them had any idea that it even existed. Um 
so I know it's a thing uh, that is going to need to to create awareness and all that stuff. Um, from my my trade is SEO, search engine optimization. So we do keyword research and see what people are searching for. And there are people that search, is college fantasy football a thing? So this show is for you to help you kind of have confidence in getting it set up because there, there are ways where you can set it up to where, yeah, there's 133 schools, but there are ways to set it up to where it's easy, easy for anyone. You could do uh, totally custom leagues with fan tracks, which is awesome. You can do SCC plus Notre Dame or whatever. Like we have, we talk to all these people because we've been doing rankings for so many years now. Um, there's a lot of cool, unique setups with college <clears throat> fantasy football, which makes it unique. Um, so you can have as big or as little of a player pool as you want. We're going to get into, into all of that. But uh, yes, give it a run. It is, it is a blast. So if you go up to the cfbdynasty.com website, and you go to news and articles. There's a drop down there. It says the ultimate guide to college fantasy football league rules setup. Uh, that's the article that we're referencing on this show. Um, talks about a whole lot of different things about league configurations, about uh, some commissioner tips, some rules tips um, that we have for you. Um, so we're going to go through some of the, uh, the the things on this show to help you to have a better understanding of um, of what to do if you want to set up a league, if you want to join a league, the things that could be the best fit for you. So, uh, BMAC, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the uh, the different types of leagues? Uh, is that where you want to start for this? That's perfect, although I will say real quick, some news on our end. Um, so if you were about to draft, you know, you couldn't have without kickers and defenses. So we've got those added in there. Um, so these are the top, you know, 130 so kickers and then all the defenses ranked in there. So you can see if you go to draft prep, draft central, um, which I still need to update that when people sign up, Doug, remind me to do that today. <laughs> well, so to make sure people land right here on this page because this is where most people want to go to get access to all the deepest live up-to-date rankings and uh where we'll have notes and all that stuff so you can see kickers you can see defenses there in the rankings um as you get going um for kickers it's really simple it's um uh, propensity for points um is is really it so a lot of the the high scoring offenses you'll see up there um and then whatever we've got three league types that you'll see which kind of gets us right into the the segue matt that you're talking about here for what types of leagues are there so there's everyone who's played in fantasy um has probably tried an nfl standard league where you just redraft every every year um, that's the most common league type. And then if you're a little bit more hardcore, um, you do like a keeper league or a holdover league, which, you know, here, let's talk for a second um, about our rankings. I don't even think this is needed. Like in reality, just have a brain cell and draft a little bit younger if it's a keeper league and you need someone that's there. Um, so I don't especially, know if we need. Yeah, especially in college, because that's one of the things we talk about in the article, that if you're in the pros, 
um, and you hit on somebody, especially a quarterback, um, you could have that quarterback on your pro team as a keeper for 10, 15 years. You never even have to look for anything other than a backup. But in college, your team, no matter what, you could have the best players in the known world. Your players are going to cycle through you know, at, at minimum every five years and possibly even quicker if they're going to go into the draft early. So you always are having to cycle through. So if you're in a keeper league and you're drafting all seniors, you know, you're not doing a very good job in a keeper league. Yeah. So I think we should just kill that. Like, I don't, I don't think that's really necessary. Just, just know that if you have a couple senior quarterbacks, you should balance out your roster with a couple younger guys. Uh, that yeah. you can use as keepers for your future league. I know Matt, when we you started the the uh, one league, we had I think three holdovers every year. So there could be three, there could be five, there could be eight. That's a totally custom number. But in reality, yeah, if it's a college only league and you're in a keeper league, you just typically want those younger guys. But of course, you make a run for the championship any year you can. Um, have like a senior laden or junior laden team. And then there's dynasty slash uh, Devi rankings, which, you know, our home league is where you draft these players in college, but you're, you've got your college roster and then they all graduate up to your NFL team. So you want to have a good balance of NFL talent paired with college points. That's not how every, Devi league is you know a Devi league could be just um and Fantrax now offers this by the way which is awesome they tweeted about it like two weeks ago um which maybe is something our league should consider but we've been on cbs for the pros for so long it's got all the history and all that stuff which is great but um anyways there are Devi leagues where you just have your nfl team you play nfl only in terms of fantasy points um and then you can just kind of keep assets and draft assets and trade for assets of college players that have NFL potential. So, for example, you could have had Bryce Young on your team for a few years just kind of sitting there while he's at Alabama, not getting you any points or anything. And then when he comes up, then boom, he's on your NFL team. So that would be a standard Debbie league, or you can call it like, you know, there's the, the campus to Canton crew and all those guys who put out their, their rankings for leagues like us, like we do. Um, so it's more of, we called it dynasty, whatever you have these players in college, then they graduate up to your pro team and you don't ever draft again in the NFL other than wave wire pickups and, and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, I think we should kill the keeper version here unless we get an outcry on on YouTube and all that stuff. But I did want to say too, quickly while we're early in the show, man, it helps a ton if you guys would like, comment, subscribe on YouTube, review us on the podcast networks. We've been really bad about asking for it. And I know if you listen to any other podcasts, that's good. Uh, they're asking for it all the time. So it would really do us a solid to to help get those numbers up and um and and the thing the thing is too about that as well is that we want to know what you guys want to know true um i do a lot of uh 
uh, emceeing and, uh, and interviews at comic cons. And one of the things I tell people is I want them to get up to the front and, and ask their questions early on. Cause I could talk with the, one of the celebs and, and we could just have a conversation about what the heck we want to talk about. But if it's not the information that the people in the audience care about, then have I really done my job? Right. So it's the same premise here where it's like, we could talk about whatever the heck we want to talk about, but if it's not of interest to you guys out there that are listening, then um, are we really doing the job that we need to do? So let us know, give us your feedback. Like Brian said, wherever it is, whether it's discord, YouTube, the podcast networks, let us know what you think. Let us know what you want to see more of. Let us know what you want to see less of Doug, um, whatever <laughs> it could be. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Doug. Just kidding. Um, but yeah, let us know the information that you want to hear about so we can try to tailor the podcast to get you that information. The other thing that we're working on behind the scenes, we've talked about it a little bit in the Discord, and um, man, we will get better on social. We'll get better and more active on Discord and do better at shorts and other things that we need to be focused on, but really we're <clears throat> focused on the product lately and making sure that's good to go. We're working on a set of tools, five or six tools that are going to be brand new in the college fantasy space that, that are going to help you set your lineups weekly. They're going to help you set your DraftKings, your FanDuel lineups, um, and it's going to be new data at your fingertips that you haven't had before in the college space. So we're really excited about that and the way it's going to look, and um, we're going to be tying that to... Uh, patreon most likely um so that still is uh, tbd on on that end but it's going to be tools that will hopefully give us the data to help us set lineups that give us a a better chance at making money on the daily fantasy sports and then just beating out our competitors like like me beating out matt and doug hopefully in the league but Anyways, Man. that stuff is coming. <laughs> so that that's, that's, coming. that's actually a good segue yeah. right there. Why do you need these tools for college fantasy football? Uh, in this article, we, we uh, gave a little stat here. I'm going to give you the stats. A slight, slightly outdated because NFL roster sizes have changed. The number of college teams have changed uh, just a little bit. But just to give you um, two big points here. So in the NFL, you've got 32 teams approximately a 53-man roster you've got. So that's basically about 1,696 players in total. Now, obviously, not all those players are fantasy eligible, but just, just for perspective, you have 1,696 players that you have to keep your mind on for the NFL. In college, you're talking about approximately 130. Now we have 133 teams. And say there's 125 players per team because you've got a 25-man class approximately coming in every year. That's 16,250 players. That is 10 times the number of players that you might have to get information on. Again, not all of them are at fantasy eligible positions, but you've got 10 times larger of a player pool. And you've also got much less ability to get that information, which is huge. The NFL, you've got shows on every network you can possibly think of with talking heads, talking about, the 32 quarterbacks, you've got articles that pop through your phone, pop through your newsfeed every day, <laughs> ranking every quarterback in the NFL. Most of those sites are going to be ranking people in the same basic groups. You're not going to have one site that ranks Patrick Mahomes one, and another one's going to rank him 15. 
College is not the same. College, you've got so many people out there, so many less people with opinions, and so many less people that are qualified, like CFB Dynasty, to be giving the opinions because there's not a lot of ability to get that information, especially on incoming freshmen or redshirt freshmen that are getting their first chance. So being able to sift through that information is paramount to you being able to go into your draft or set up a league and set it up with some integrity and with some foundation. Um, so with that, Doug, I'm going to ask you a question. You've been playing college fantasy now for what? This is going to be your fourth year? This will be fourth, yeah. When you were asked to join this league, what was the thing that was the most intimidating to you coming from the NFL side and going, do I really want to join? Not, not just a college fantasy league, but a college to pro league where the decisions you make in college are going to impact your pro team. So just knowledge, really. Um, <clears throat> I talked to, to Brian about this when I was first asked to play or whatever. And it's like, man, you know, cause you guys had been in the league at that point for, you know, over decade, 10 years, decade, yeah. you know, and I'm like, wow, I'm one really behind. And two, you know, you guys could be talking about the number three receiver on a football team. And I'm like, who the heck is this guy? <laughs> like, um, <clears throat> it was knowledge really, um, in preparation. Cause I had no idea, you know, I, I was one of those college guys that would watch a Gator game or, you know, cause my buddies were Seminole fans or UCF fans. I'd watch those games with them or whatever. Ew. I've always been a college football fan, but I wouldn't have been able to tell you who UTSA was you know, five years ago or, you know, anything about UTEP or, you know, some of these smaller schools. So it was really intimidating. Like you said, 16,000 players that you kind of have to not really be familiar with, you know, in, in a sense, because, you know, some of them are defense and all that great, great information, but it's preparation. It's scared the crap out of me because I was like, how am I supposed to compete with these guys that have been doing this for, years there's no way so now that you've been doing this for four years how has that changed what what is the most intimidating thing to you now as compared to four years ago uh the most intimidating thing to me now <laughs> sheesh i don't even know if it would be a <sighs> is it gordy so, is it is it the playoffs is that intimidating it's gotta, to you it's now? gotta be intimidating <laughs> to me um you know losing the championship by point two points because um, my kicker decided to run Probably. nine yards instead of just kick the stinking field goal. But, um, you know, probably – I guess intimidating isn't the word. It's probably because preparation is so important. The fact that we, – we were talking about differences in college and pro, right? You know what pros are not going to be available that day because of injuries or things like that. In college, I think that's one of the most frustrating slash maybe intimidating things for people is yeah. it's so hidden. You don't know from one day to the next if, you know, say you used Bryce Young, for example, last year if Bryce Young was going to be hurt on Saturday mm -hmm. and not play because it's so hidden. Yeah, so, so I, I do think we've got good news coming there. I think uh, there's nothing like cooking or anything. But, you know, as NIL becomes more accepted – gambling quickly has become more accepted in sports. I mean, if you watched ESPN 10 years ago, they wouldn't say a thing about gambling. 
now there's like lines and all that stuff all over the place. It's during just, the game, during the games, yeah, they're talking yeah. about the lines moving and go bet for, and this stuff during yeah, the football game. DraftKings yeah. and all that. They show you like DraftKings rosters and stuff. It's and crazy. S- and so as that gets bigger and NIL is is a thing, um, I think we're gonna get that eventually. Because to to bet big, most of those guys want to know you know, this guy is legit questionable or probable or doubtful. And, uh, man, well, for, that, that is definitely a frustration for yeah, everyone. For, for sponsorships in general, you know. It's just uh-huh. like if you have a race car, for example, you're not going to invest a bunch of money on a guy whose cars broke down that weekend. It just, you know, that's how it's going to well, work. Well, one of the things, too, that really threw, threw some stuff off was a few years ago when they said you could play up to four games and still redshirt. So then you'd have guys that were completely <laughs> healthy that they're like, oh, he's already played three games this year. We're just going to sit him this year, this game, because we want him to be able to play in week 11 or week 13 and still be able to retain that potential red shirt. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that's happened a lot too. So the college lead roster, if you're someone that's just coming into this, know there's a lot more variables that you could find on the roster side. So in the article we talk about, Understand what the player pool is. If it's a league that you're setting up or a league that you're joining, you need to know what the player pool is that that league uses. Is it everybody? Is it Power 5 plus Notre Dame? Um, Is it a conference only? Understand the player pool that's being used and then also understand, is it a single season redraft every year where no matter how good you do, how bad you do, you get a clean slate the next season. Uh, Like BMAC said earlier, is that a keeper league? Is it a college dynasty league or is it dynasty to pro college to pro? Each one of those is going to take a lot of different um, skills as far as how you prep your draft. And um, you also want to look at, and this may sound like an an interesting point. You also want to look at who else is in the league because you don't want to just start off a college to pro dynasty league like we have um, with guys that aren't committed because the worst thing you could do is invest an incredible amount of time to get your team ready in a college to pro league and then have the dudes that are like the bottom five guys in the league, just phone it in and drop off and make stupid trades that are going to compromise the league. You want to make sure you've got guys that are really committed. Um, I'll give you a shout out to, uh, to the MVP league, which is a, a league that was created because of CFB dynasty. Uh, One of the guys in the league, Mike Dillingham, He uh, saw there was a bunch of guys out there that he knew would like to get into this league, but would never be able to get in this kind of league. And and we've actually got real world, a real world example about what I'm about to say, kind of feel like your position is you are going to put it in your will because you're never going to leave the league. We've only had a few people leave this league. I think there's what 10 owners out of the 12 that have been here since the beginning. Um, So Mike Dillingham decided to start the MVP league. So there was a lot of these guys could get in and play. Um, and we've always joked about that position being willed to someone. And then this past season, we literally, literally got to see that happen in real time. My brother, Mark passed away this, uh, um, a year ago, February, February 22. And, um, Mike came to me and he said, look, I want the first, um, the first thought here is to try and keep it in his family. Is there anybody in his family that you think would want to do it? And his two sons took his team over so literally my brother Mark's team was willed down to his brother, to his sons. That's so, cool. so that just goes to show there is a certain level of commitment to these teams that have been built up over time. 
Uh, there's guys on his pro team that have probably been there for a decade. And, and Mike wanted to see that team have the opportunity to stay in his, in his bloodline and his lineage. I thought that was a really cool move, but that just goes to show you, you may not find guys with that level of commitment, but you want to find guys. If you want to do college to pro that have got a certain level of commitment, that way your time is not wasted. We are all very, very busy individuals in this world now. And the last thing that any of us want to do is feel like we're spending our time on something that's a waste. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. That's so that's I think, the, go ahead. Yeah. And I think, you know, kind of back on your question of like intimidating, you know, uh, joining a league kind of that's been established, right. You know, the, the teams and not really intimidating, but again, preparation, whatever knowledge, they never, my, my teams didn't have a Doug touch on them at all, you know, when I joined. So I had no idea really what I was coming into either. So, you know, in the sense of like joining a league that's been established, you don't know what team you're taking over. Like, are you at the bottom of the barrel? Are you in the middle? Do you have a bunch of holes that you have to fix? And the guy before you made a bunch of trades. So now you only have four draft picks when you yeah. have to fill eight holes. So I think, you know, it's it's all about the preparation. So I think that was kind of the most most intimidating was probably not knowing where my team stood when I joined the league, probably. And ideally, so the last couple points on step one um, for the ultimate setup of, you know, getting the player pool correct and getting the right guys in the league um, would be, A, you know, having communicated with all these people um, before. So if you don't know, if you haven't set up a Fantrax league, it's literally, unless they've changed it in the last year, a checkbox where you check the yep. conference and it will pre-select all the schools in that conference. And then you can even deselect or select by the school. Um, so you can get whatever player pool that you want um, for that group. And with all the uniqueness that is out there, you know, SEC, ACC plus Notre Dame or whatever, We've set up our rankings so that you can also just download them and using simple filters in Google Sheets or Excel, um, you can filter our rankings down to those leagues. Like we do have some sickos out there that'll do a Mountain West only league. <laughs> and so that's why our rankings are, are super sickos. deep. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that was really it for uh, step one. And, and that's a good one. We do have an example of the, the check boxes there, but you can also see it on, on Fantrax. Uh, one of the other things you want to do um, that we talk about in the article, you want to configure your scoring system. A couple things that need to be considered when looking at the college game compared to the pro game. And this also goes back to rosters as well. In the pros, if you get a game where you've got 400 yards and six touchdowns out of out of a quarterback, you're like, oh my gosh, this is going to be headline news for, for weeks because that doesn't normally happen. In the college game, that's something you're probably going to see five, six, seven quarterbacks do that every single week uh, because you've got opponents playing against uh, lesser opponents like FCS opponents. Um, you've got some conferences. I mean, last or what was it? A couple of years ago, we had the 74, 72, seven overtime game. Um, you're just going to see a lot of uh, a lot of opportunity for those things to be scored. So you want to really pay attention to making sure that you don't have overpowered positions because uh, when we first started this league, we did have some overpowered positions. We just took our NFL mindset and we moved it over to college. 
and every week we were having quarterbacks scoring 100 points. <laughs> yeah. And 100 point quarterbacks every week is very difficult to overcome, no matter how good your other positions do. You want it to be where if you've got a 100 point performance out of a quarterback, they better be going out there and going absolutely berserk <laughs> to get those points. So, really think about what the potential is for scoring in, in your league. Um, you want to do the same thing with defenses. That's something we've had a struggle with. We're going to try and correct it this year. Trying to port over NFL scoring guidelines into college is, is a nightmare uh, when it comes to defenses because colleges normally score a lot more. And even the best defenses in college, look at the, the, uh, the playoffs and the championship the last couple of years and just look. You've got a top four team giving up, what, 62 points? Uh, that was, you know... So you got to be very careful with with how much bonus you give, how much you take away when it comes to the scoring categories. Uh, don't be afraid to tweak things to make sure that you're not overpowering certain positions. One thing that I think a lot of leagues need to reconsider um, is is the simple first one of the first metrics that you set up: quarterback touchdowns. Um, as you know, in the NFL and long been the, the case in college fantasy, dual threat quarterbacks typically are, are better than pocket passing quarterbacks. However, college football styles have found their way into the NFL. You see Lamar Jackson, etc., um, and Josh Allen and whatnot, the, the quarterback passing touchdown i think the most popular selection there is four points per passing touchdown when they get six points for a rushing touchdown and i would disagree with that being the the norm i really think a touchdown is a touchdown in a real game it's worth the same amount of points Mm -hmm. and i don't think you should do anything necessarily to uh add value to a, a dual threat quarterback because they already get the benefit of right. rushing yards um, added in there and more opportunities in the red zone for scoring. Um, so I really think six points uh, for a touchdown is just across the board, I feel like. Maybe you want to value it more for defense because it's more rare. You know, that's up to your league. But uh, as far as offensive skill position players and quarterbacks, six points. What do you guys think? I'm, I'm Now that we have played this for many years and we've started to get the scoring back under control, I'm totally always good with that. Um, we do have in our league, we do have some, some distance bonuses, but I agree from a quarterback's perspective that the quarterback doesn't need any kind of thing like that. Cause they already have the opportunity for so much more stats. Um, so yeah, I agree. Just making sure you're careful um, and not overpowering things. Yep. Um, I think the, uh, another thing too, especially, especially in the college game, it doesn't matter if you're playing in a redraft league, in a dynasty league, in a college to pro league, you have to make sure you've got your transaction policy set very clearly. Um, one of the things that was set up in in uh, the CFB home league very early on, and we probably have some of the most restrictive player pickup policies of any league out there. We drafted a huge team at the beginning. I think we've got 30 something positions total on our team but you only get basically three roster moves in the course of a season. 
The reason we did that is because, like we said earlier, you could have guys 500 yards and seven touchdowns every single week. And if you had the ability to just go pick up players right and left without any, um, any consequence, what's going to happen? Everybody in your league is going to go, okay, what team is playing against FCS Podunk State this week? What team is playing against the 133rd best defense this week? You can do that in the pros because there's not that many guys on the waiver wire. But even with 30 positions out there, we already said you're talking about 16,000 people that play college football every year. There's always going to be tons and tons and tons and tons of guys out there on the waiver wire. So set your transaction policies. Make sure everybody understands what those policies are and make sure that they make sense for your league so that that way you can have competitive balance. If you don't do that, then the draft doesn't really matter. Exactly. I, I was going to make that point if you didn't. I hate that in most college fantasy leagues, it just totally devalues the draft. And that's one of the, for me and most of the people that I know that play, it's the favorite day of the year. It's the everyone's hopeful. Maybe not everyone gets their guy, but uh, it's it's fun. And to just devalue that that really sucks i i and i like making it hard i think to make it equivalent to the nfl we'd need like 30 to 35 like owners in the league to make it to where it's like all right just open waivers are fine because there's not much out there but in this scenario where you've got a common like 12 or 10 or 18 players highly suggest um you know following what matt's saying there and really limiting the roster moves um, you do need bigger rosters when you do something like that because, you know, there are obviously bye weeks and injuries and things to consider. Um, but as long as you have the right amount, and for us with a 12-team league, it's five quarterbacks, um, seven running backs, seven receivers, three tight ends, three kickers, three defenses. And the only other thing that I have to add is, yes, we have kickers. I know it's a trend. And people hate on kickers. Mm. I love kickers, and I think I they should be part of a uh, part of the league. I um, lost a championship because of a kicker. <laughs> so, Doug, when you first joined this league, how hard was it for you to get out of the mindset of open waivers every single day, every single week, to go, "Oh my gosh, I've only got three moves this year. I better make them count." So, um, honestly, be kind of no, dishonestly. To what- dishonestly right. we want the so dishonestly way. it was super hard no. um so like brian said you know I, even though i've played you know pro fantasy and a lot of pro leagues are set up to where you can add as many people as you want or whatever um i always did my best to just draft the guys that i wanted in the beginning so i never used a whole lot of waiver pickups because i'm a more of a live and die by your team kind of guy um, you know, those of us that grew up playing sports, we didn't have unlimited transactions or we couldn't bring somebody on the team halfway through a season to make us better, you know, things like that. Um, so I always kind of use limited pickups and it, it, so it wasn't really bad. The only thing that, <clears throat> you know, stinks for some is, um, you got that guy out there that is now all of a sudden putting up, um, say 18 points a game and you've already used your three pickups within the first six weeks. So one of the things that I tell people now that when I talk to them about it is dude, save a wire, a a pickup, save one, 
because be happy with the team you drafted because there may be a guy based off an injury that all of a sudden comes out and put, is blowing it away. And now you have that guy who's a freshman. You're going to have another potentially three years because he came out of nowhere. Um, so I, I always suggest saving a waiver wire pickup, you know, um, because of that simple reason that there could be a kid that comes out of nowhere that's all of a sudden just blowing the doors off. Yeah, the other thing to consider, which we've never done in in our leagues, but is fun. And I've been in other leagues where you have a free agent budget. You can also pair the free agent budget of $100, $1,000, doesn't matter the amount because it's equal across the league in terms of value. Um, so if you have a $100 free agent budget, you can pair that with limited pickups. And then it's it's just that added like, okay, Jonathan Taylor busts out as a freshman, goes for 200 yards. So we know a lot of people are going to be putting him in. So you, instead of it just being inverse of the standings, uh, it would be waiver or, or free agent budget, which is good. I feel like Matt, I do think it's something we should consider. Cause if you think about, that. if you think about the first three weeks of the year or the first four weeks of the year, win loss means not much because we've only played, you know, three, four, five games. So um, I, th- I do like the addition of the free agent budget or fab for short, um, which you'll hear, you know, on other, Anytime money's involved, Brian loves it. So it's fine. Yeah. So one of the other things that um, that BMAC mentioned earlier on, and, and admittedly, admittedly over the last couple of years, especially with all the insanity that's gone on with COVID and having to stand on our heads and do cartwheels just to make the, the seasons actually work, we've let our league constitution get a little bit outdated. But in saying that, it is of the utmost importance for you to establish a league constitution, every site has the ability for you to be able to type that out and put it in there, whether it be Fantrax, CBS, you need to get all your rules that are not things that are covered by the setup itself and get them written down. There's two reasons why this is of utmost importance. One, no league configuration is going to be able to cover every single eventuality that could happen in a season. They're, the Fantrax does an incredible job. CBS, ESPN, they all do great jobs. But there are always going to be little tiny things that happen that could steal your joy in playing because you're going to feel like you're slighted if you're on the wrong side of the decision. I always like to say 97% of what happens is exactly the same in every league. 3% is where you're going to find those little crazy nuances, and that 3% can steal your joy from the 97% if you don't have those things squared away. Um, Every single year, something bizarre comes up every year. And we're like, wow, how does this, how is this the first time we've seen it? Um, Get all your transaction policies, get your trades. One of the things we just did in the CFB home league this past week was we put a calendar of dates up there because having a college league and a pro league draft picks, trades, We need to make sure all those dates are out there as to when the trade deadlines are, when you can pick people back up, when you can drop guys, all that. So there's no question. Um, Well, uh, yeah, we have a good example of that. Was it two years ago? uh, Our college or pro game, they tied in the championship or something. Yes. And we had to figure out what to do for that. Well, yeah. Well, it, we, we have tiebreakers set up 
but we said player in our constitution mm-hmm. and the the one team had the player that had the best score overall and then the other opponent their defense on the bench went off uh and we didn't know if specifically if that was uh the def- is the defense included as a player in that scenario? If so, whatever. So we had a, a random, you know, we played the next week or whatever. We let those two opponents kind of decide. But you're you're always going to run into that stuff. And then um, I feel like you've always got – every league has that guy, right? The complainer, the one that wants to uh, skirt the rules a little bit, the one that um, is just always starting. It's always looking arguments. for the loophole. Always <laughs> looking for the loophole. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, um, yeah, those are all solid points. So, so one of the things that we like to, to bring up to people when they ask, why is it important to have a constitution? Doug was not around when the Ryan Tannehill rule came into being, but since Doug has been around the Ryan Tannehill rule, which came about in 2010 has had to be it has had to be uh, used, but this is a rule that came about literally a decade before he started playing college fantasy football. What is the Ryan Tannehill rule? You might ask Ryan Tannehill started off as a wide receiver at Texas A&M. He was rostered as a wide receiver in fan tracks. They had a bunch of injuries. Ryan Tannehill became the starting quarterback at Texas A&M. Not a big deal. You might say, It is a big deal when this changed a playoff game where one of the players in our league, (coughs) Gordy, played by the rules that we had established, started Ryan Tannehill as a wide receiver. Ryan Tannehill, in that game, that he started as a quarterback the first time, 449 yards and four passing touchdowns as a wide receiver on his roster. Needless to say that pushed him forward and got him into the championship game that year because it was basically like he played with two quarterbacks. So we had to establish the Ryan Tannehill rule that if you've got a player that is playing out of position, you cannot knowingly start someone in a position that is not their position for that week. Um, We've had to implement that. Uh, Lynn Bowden from Kentucky was uh, the read, the thing that's happened in the last couple of years where he, I would think it was in the college playoffs he transitioned from running back to quarterback and we had to make sure that the player, the person that had Lynn Bowden knew he could only be played at the new position instead of his previous position. So we didn't have to run into Ryan Tannehill part two, um, but that just happened in the last couple of years, but we had it to establish, last year. Yeah. We had to establish that from 12 years ago, to, uh, 13 years ago when it happened. And the, the joy and the good thing about having a constitution is that now the paper the document that's there is the one that sets the rules. It's not BMAC's opinion. It's not Doug's opinion. Nobody's going to get butt hurt. Nobody's going to lose their job. Nobody's going to get uninvited to Thanksgiving dinner because there's a heated argument that's going on. You go, hey, we've got the documentation over here. We've got the Constitution. Here's what the league rule is. If we want to change it for next season, we can. But for now, this is what the rule is. We've established this, and now the document is where all that energy and anger and frustration can be directed at not an individual that's in the league. That's also going to help you to keep those guys in the league for future seasons, because nobody's going to be like, forget this crap. I'm Eric Cartman. I'm out of here. Screw you guys. I'm going home. Um, And let's, it lets that document be the thing that makes that decision. 
Well, it's a great rule because you, you know, like I said, it just happened last year with a player making a switch in a bowl game. Um, you know, Southern Miss, their quarterbacks were injured, and Frank Gore played quarterback in the bowl game, and he's a running back. So, you know, there are situations like that that happen all the time. You know, even in the pros, look at San Fran. If <laughs> if their quarterback in the playoffs would have gotten hurt, I think they were talking about uh, – McCaffrey oh, was like Christian the, McCaffrey was the quarterback. He was, he was warming he was, up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He so, was I mean, the only one who could actually play QB. It happens. So I think it's a great rule, honestly. And that's that's why and Matt's done such a great job with this in in our league. It gets amended all the time as things come up. And you know, we we've done the same thing with you know when the transfer portal happened. We do allow some leniency because um, you have some players like. Um, Oh, the running back that transferred to Ole Miss. He was uh, Ulysses Ulysses Bentley, yeah, fourth or whatever. He was a starter, thousand yards, uh, eight to ten touchdowns, couple years in a row, I think. Transfers and becomes the backup, um, at Ole Miss, and really hasn't done much since then. And so, because of that, and scenarios like that, we do allow three more transfer drops in the off season. Um, but yeah, it's always fresh. Keep it fresh as things come up. You have a topic, maybe you vote on it, that kind of thing. And then uh, gets added to the constitution. The other thing that, uh, that, that Brian and I established very early on, and I think Gordy might've been a part of this conversation as well, because Gordy's the one that had a part of the original idea, but you always want to make sure whenever you're considering a new rule, or considering an amendment to a rule that it is not specifically targeted to just harm a specific owner or to specifically benefit an owner. That doesn't mean you don't have to close a loophole. If, if player Y is constantly screwing over his college team just to make his pro team be better and, and not giving, not caring about building his college team, you might have to close those loopholes. But if it's, this guy's got too many good running backs. We need to go change the rule to harm his team. And he's mm -hmm. playing within the rules. You want to make sure that you don't just make a rule just to go harm a specific person. Everybody should have the same ability to take advantage of a rule or be impacted by a rule. Um, one of the things that we put into place, uh, we allow three defenses in our leagues. Uh, one of the things that we put in um, a couple years ago was that you could only have two defenses that were power five. And we said that for the following season, you could only have two power five defenses. Everybody was under the same guidelines so that that way somebody, somebody couldn't go out there and be like, I'm just going to go take three SEC defenses. Because if you do that, um, then means you're only going to have, you know, basically five teams and all they have is SEC defenses. Then other people are picking up scraps. So we made it where you had to go pick up a group of five or an independent non-Notre Dame defense as well. Well, we just had a, a rule change this year, you know, with, with kickers, for example. So there's always stuff that's changing because yeah. we talked about, you know, for lack of a better term, basically a, a free kicker drop and adding another one, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so there's, there's every year, you know, I've been in it. This is my fourth year. There's always been little things that's changed, you know, and yep. they benefit uh -huh. every team. And hopefully yeah. that's what Matt's article will do is it'll be a nice guide um, for getting things set up in a way that's stable and provides uh, new leagues with uh, a great foundation 
but yeah, then you're tweaking stuff along the way to match, you know, your group, uh, uh, your group of owners or whatever. Um, but I did, before we wrapped up, I did want to say I had one big omission in the league type uh, portion. Mm-hmm. Best ball. Um, and a lot of people really don't know what best ball is. Um, and it's a really fun way to go today and use our rankings and draft and um, gamble against some <laughs> some friends. And I'm down, Doug and Matt, if you guys want to get our I am league down. together. I'm having the draft fever so bad. <laughs> <laughs> so let me tell you about this league and, and why it works now. Because best ball is where there are no transactions all year long. You draft whatever five quarterbacks seven running backs if you want it doesn't really matter and then each week depending on what you know how you configure the league if it's a one quarterback league you have five on your roster the one that scores the most automatically is started for you that week Mm -hmm. so it's all about upside and um you know you can the the biggest fluctuation in how you draft a best ball is you take more risks on high upside uh, boom or bust kinds of players. And and that is okay. As long as you have some other stable guys, but yeah, it's fun yeah. that way because you don't have somebody next to you going, Oh, did you see that? You see it. USC scored, but it wasn't this guy. right right but it's a fun type of league to go do one tonight get a group together and the only other thing i wanted to add as far as getting the right guys filling your league we really hope as things progress um that the cfb dynasty discord will be a good place for you to go we've got a channel i believe for finding other league mates people that want to go I think it's and, leagues to join or something like that. Yeah. Or so or... if you need to fill it out, that's a good place to go. Say, hey, at, uh, at everyone, anyone interested in in joining this league or whatever. Actually, I don't think everyone has the ability to to add everyone because we don't want to be sending you guys a bunch of yeah. alerts while you're at work. So only I'll do that. I think from time to time, or maybe Matt or Doug. But yeah. um, one of the things that we really want to know from you guys is if you're someone that is experienced whether it be college or pro, and you've had one of those crazy situations. Um, I know a few years ago we had, I was, I was stunned by how much discussion we had to have. There was a situation where a offensive player caught a reception. He fumbled defense, picked it up. Defense started running back for a score. They fumbled. An offensive player picked it up, ran it back the other way for a score. And for whatever reason, the sites scored that as a defensive touchdown for the original offensive team. And it was, it was unbelievable the amount of discussion that was had on something that to me seemed like a very logical play. There is no way that Patrick Mahomes, if it was him, should ever be getting a score for the defense of Kansas city, if he started to play as the quarterback on that offense, (laughs) but even the sites out there tried to score that as a defensive score. Um, That's one of those things we had to cover in our constitution. What we want to know from you guys is 
when you've had a situation like that come up, what was the situation? How did you guys uh, resolve it? And what was the fallout from it? Um, because you never know the kinds of crazy things that could happen in a game. Um, last year in the pros, we all know the insane situation that happened with DeMar Hamlin, where you had a game that literally was the Monday night game on the championship week that got canceled and changed the outcome of multiple fantasy football games. I'm in five pro leagues and, and that includes the college pro leagues uh, first, like for CFB and each league handled it differently. Some of the leagues said, Hey, we're going to play the next week. Some of them said, we're going to have co-champions because the game was very close at the time and you can't really say who was going to win. Uh-huh. Other leagues said, hey, this person was up by 45 points and just giving the championship. That's the kind of situation. How can you possibly prepare for a Monday night game in the NFL getting canceled and not made up? It's just, You just never know how to make it work. But we want to know how did you guys handle situations uh, so that that way maybe we can – incorporate them into the version two of the, uh, the college setup league, the constitution uh, article, let us know whether it be YouTube comments on your podcast, on the discord. We want to know those things so we can make a bigger and better and more concise and, um, and close all those loopholes for CFB and for our guidance to you guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that week was crazy. I was in the championship in that week and it was, yeah. Cause I've got Josh Allen and I was like, Oh boy. So I think it was – it came down to you guys asking – I think it was Dillingham and I basically how we wanted to to do that, if we wanted to play the next week or what the case was. But, yeah, there's always going to be those trial-by-fire kind of moments. I'm just glad that we uh, are out of COVID times because that was some of the most stressful stressful things ever where you've got I, rosters I, and you're like, I hey, we're only going to have – and I was yeah. like, dang, this is weird. And Brian kept telling me in the draft room that day, he's like, bro, it's not always like this. I swear. Yeah, it's not always <laughs> like this. It's not always like this. A lot of bickering that year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but man, all, the, like, all things being said, all these things being said, there is nothing like college fantasy football. I know that sounds like a shill comment. Uh, but you know what? We wouldn't be doing this podcast if we didn't love college fantasy football to – to be the guy that goes out there and finds the stud that nobody wanted or nobody drafted. There's been guys that have been drafted in like the 12th round that were like, wow, how did that even happen? And that guy's now like playing in the NFL Um, to unearth those gems, to be the guy that's got that dominant team or the guy that makes a run. You know, we bust on Doug all the time for, you know, the second place finishes in both college and pro last year. But um, wasn't Doug? Did Doug win the? Um, did Doug win the global domination last year? Or was it someone else? I don't. Think I lost so. yeah. it because my pro team ended up losing the last three games of the season in a row. So that's one of the things that we do do that we should make sure that uh, we let people know. If you do a college to pro league, it's always difficult to have somebody that not, doesn't decimate one aspect of their team to try and help out the other one. So we have what's called global domination, which is a third championship every year and that is the combined total of your college and pro teams together we try to make that global domination trophy be just as important as a college championship or a pro championship because it shows that you as an owner have put together the best combined team on both sides we do that to try and help to um to mitigate the guys that want to just be like i'm going to trade away every future draft pick and 
every college stud that I have to just try and make my pro team good. Now, if you do that as a, right. on a run at the end of a season, it's one thing, but there are some guys that you suggest, I'm just going to go use my college players and picks as my farm system to try and go get NFL studs. I and mean, you can't have that. Right. I, the last thing I'll say about it is, uh, you know, and I've only been in it for a short time, but I think all the little awards that we do and stuff, you know, makes it so much more fun. And then, you know, in a couple weeks here, uh, Brian will be putting together a, a, a fun little get together and we're going to recap like the, the, you know, the fantasy of last year with p- slides and PowerPoints. And there's always some joking going back and forth. Like, so just keep your leagues fun, you know, whether it's some, the loser does something stupid at the end of the year, like playing golf in a dress, like I've seen on TikToks Oof. and things like that, or, or whatever the case may be, just, just keep your leagues fun because at the end of the day, you're not going to, you don't want to get bored because it's the same thing over and over and over again. So keep it fun. Make those little awards like, you know, the, the toilet bowl awards fun, whatever, whatever awards you give out, just make the league fun. So it's something that you look forward to every year. So as far as next shows, we're going over college fantasy players by conference. Um, so I have I don't really care which way we go. Uh, SEC we have listed, then Pac-12, Big Ten, Big 12, ACC, then Group of Five. Once we're through with those, then it's back into uh, a few other podcasts that are getting us close, very close to kickoff. So um, it's all it's all really exciting and. Uh, here we yeah, go. We'll be, we'll be able to start talking go. about some news and notes here again soon. Once we news get into, notes. In, into the summer camps and all that, there'll be some yep. news and notes. Injuries are going to be changing the, uh, changing the, the, the rankings. Uh, people that are showing out that are moving up the depth charts. That's when you really want to make sure you've got your subscription out there to CFBDynasty.com. So you can be getting yourself, keeping yourself up to date so that that way you don't go into your draft and draft a dude that just got injured the day before. Ah, that's me. Um, no, and real quick on news and notes, guys, just in case you weren't following or weren't paying attention, um, our tight end and receiver rankings swapped around a little bit because Sadu from Colorado switched to receiver, um, now at Mississippi state. So he's not a tight end anymore. So if he was on your tight end, you know, rankings or whatever, he's now moved over to wide receiver. So just something to keep in mind. Well, and an aside right there, I'll make it real quick. So I know we got to wrap up. One of the things we do across the board in every league that we're in, um, I do not understand why the services allow for players to be able to play at multiple positions. But we say in every league that we're in that you have a player and that player is able to be at one position and that's it. Uh, You're not going to be able to take a Rondé Gadsden from, uh, from Syracuse and play about wide receiver or tight end. Um, you know, it's, it's one or the other, and we as a league will make sure that we make that determination. Um, basically, that has become the Cordero Patterson rule because people have tried to pick up Cordero Patterson and be like, oh, he's a, he's a running back, but he's got a wide receiver number, so I'm going to play him at wide receiver even though he's the starting running back. Um, no, you get one or the other, and that you don't, you don't get to go back and forth and have some dual position player because to me all that does is uh, – that just forces people to go out there and try and find these loophole guys. 
yep. close those loopholes as quickly as you can so that that way somebody's not out there winning because of loopholes. They need to win because they've got the best team. That's right. And they make the best decisions as an owner. All right, BMAC, I don't know if there's anything else we want to talk about today, but I feel like we have wrapped up this conversation. I know that uh, we basically barely covered, even just barely hit the, the tip of the iceberg when it comes to league setups, configuration, rules, um, constitutions. If anybody out there has any questions, feel free, message, comment, do anything you can. We'll make sure that we reply back and get you the information that you need. Uh, BMAC doesn't do anything else in the day except sit around and think college fantasy football. So uh, you know he's got the, he's got all the time in the day, twenty five hours a day, eight days a week to be able to talk to answer your questions. If this show grew enough, that's all I would do. I could help everyone a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> all uh, right, well, uh, Doug, what about you, man? What's if yeah? If you have uh, any last words you want to impart to somebody that's thinking about playing college college fantasy football, joining a league or starting a league, what's the last word you'd have of encouragement or advice for those people? So one would be, man, I played NFL for a long time and college is a blast. College fantasy is a blast. Um, <clears throat> so take it from somebody that really was, and you can ask Brian, we've talked about it, an NFL guy um, that – college fantasy football is a blast and two like matt said man if you guys have any questions please hit us up you know it it really makes you feel like a gm and then the nfl draft is super fun because you're watching with anticipation every pick to see where your players are going if you were good enough hoping they're not the third wide receiver you've had in a row go to the Browns or whatever like I had um, so <laughs> but uh, the, it, it does add another level of excitement for the draft and, and man yeah. it's fun just do it just try it yep. only live once man get out there and have some fun with it alright that being said my name is Matt Knowles on behalf of Doug Gravely and Brian McKelfish this is the CFEDynasty.com podcast We thank you guys for listening or watching. We'll see you next week. See ya. See ya.